Welcome to the Cougar Insiders Podcast, Rivalry Week Special Edition. This edition is brought to you by the Salt Lake Stallions. I'm Dick Harmon, columns for the Desert News, and joining me is Jeff Call and Brandon Gurney, beat writers for the paper. This entire week, we'll be breaking down the storied rivalry. Please join us every single day. You can find more information about the Salt Lake Stallions by calling one 223 2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Hi, this is Dick Harmon, and this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast, we're going to be talking about the top five BYU-Utah rivalry games that we can remember, or at least put emphasis on. We may not disagree, but we're going to have a little fun with that. The top five. And, and gentlemen, I don't know if this is going to make the top five, but I remember back in the day in 1988 at rice Stadium, University of Utah just killed BYU. Uh, Mitchell, their quarterback, uh, who went on to have a great NFL career, who now working in local radio, he led the Utes to a thumping. It was the most points ever scored in the history of this rivalry. 57 points. It was 57 to 28. The next year, there was a revenge game with Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer was starting in 1989, took over for Sean Covey, and uh, he ended up uh, having, he scored, I think, eight straight possessions. Ty Detmer uh, led that offense to a score. It was 49 to nothing before the University of Utah even scored. He had 700 and some odd yards of total offense. Um, the score was 70 to 31. If you're a BYU fan, that flexing of a revenge reaction to a Ute win was probably the greatest that I've ever seen. But let's go down to your top fives. Let's go to your fives. Jeff, give us your number five, and then Brandon, let's hear your number five. Well, this was a tough exercise because I could have gone 10 or more, but... Um one of the games I remember most was sitting up in the bleachers at Rice Cycle Stadium, 1984. BYU is undefeated. They're ranked number one, which has never happened before. And uh, as the game progresses, and it was a, it was a close game. Utah wasn't a great team, but they uh, there was a lot on the line. This was you know this is them playing the number one team at their home stadium. And as we're watching the game, we hear these you know way before Twitter and all this stuff. You kind of hear scores from other places. You hear about Nebraska losing and, and South Carolina losing and things like that. And uh, BYU comes in and beats uh, Utah. And it was, you know, not only preserved that perfect season, but uh, springboarded them to what ended up being the national championship. And so that's one game that I, I would look back and remember. Uh, 2006, the one that we, I think everyone oh, yeah. would circle, uh, back to Harleen, an amazing ending. Um Maybe the most amazing ending to a BYU-Utah game, and that's saying something because there's been quite a few. I think about 2001, Doman, that pitch to Staley down the sideline. I don't know if I've ever heard Lavelle Edwards Stadium that loud ever before when, when Doman pitched and Staley took off down the sideline for that touchdown. Then it was Janelle for Guilford intercepted to seal that yep. win. Yep, that's right. Yeah, Utah was threatening to... Maybe take the lead and win, and uh, yeah, now is that your, up. what's your number five? Is it going to be the 1984? I, I started at number one, so maybe I should you're starting at number one. Okay, um, you, your number one is 1984. Let's go to your number one, Brandon. Uh, my, my number one's 2006. Absolutely, I, I I don't think you can beat that game. Just the drama and how it ended was just unbelievable. I described it. My my favorite moment about that game is, is I remember I I was waiting to interview 
players after and all that. And, and I remember John Beck's dad, Wendell, was there. And if you know Wendell, he's really emotional. We kind of had barbs back and forth and all that. And John just went through the gauntlet during his B-Way career. I remember looking at Wendell. I'm like, after all the crap you've been through to end it like this, I mean, could you even And he, he, I mean, he started to well up. And it, it was just cool. I, I talked to it, it was a really cool I talked to thing Wendell to see just that. this last week. And, uh, you know, at the time, I, I, you made the eye contact with Wendell. But at the time, I talked to him and I said, Wendell, this game will go down in history and no one will ever forget no, it. And it'll, no. be, it'll be referred to forever. And he kind of smiled because he'd been through a lot and his son oh, yeah. had been through a lot. Let's, let's go to number twos. Jeff Call, you mentioned the 2006 after the 1984, right? That's your number two? Mm-hmm. Okay, and your number two? I think this is the most overlooked game, and I thought it was an absolutely unbelievable game. And I went to the game. It was the 2000 game, LaBelle's last miracle, where BYU was just dead in the water. And, they were dead as a season. They were dead in the game. And Doman just throws up that pass, and somehow Pittman just runs right under it. And it was... Wow. I, I mean, if it wasn't for the Beck to Harleen thing, that'd probably be the single big, maybe the biggest play. You, you, I, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get to Austin Collie's <laughs> big you know, play. Before that play, though, then the Utes will tell you that Luke Staley fumbled the ball, and Ron McBride swears that it was a fumble and it should have yeah. been dead right there and there should have been no Pittman play. But Jeff Call, on that in that particular thing, you had Brandon Doman running for a, a touchdown in the final seconds to end Lavelle's career. How to, You could paint it even better. No, I now. mean, it was, it was what a classic ending to Lavelle's career. I mean, you think of that, uh, that win prevented... BYU from finishing a losing season. No one wanted to see, except I guess Utah, wanted to see Lavelle go out with a losing season in his, you know, with that final game. I remember standing in the end zone on the opposite side of that play that we talked about, 4th and 13, and um, you're just thinking, this this is over. I mean, this is how Lavelle's career is going to end. How sad is that? Yep. And then from our vantage point in the end zone, you see Doman throw the ball up in the air, and I was going, where is this going? What is he doing? <laughs> yeah. Why is he throwing it away? Then all of a sudden, Jonathan Pittman comes down with it. And then the next play, another long pass, Pittman comes up with again. And a couple of plays later, Doman ran it in. And I'll just never forget uh, BYU players lifting Lavelle up on their shoulders. Uh, just the, the joy. I mean, Kalani Sataki was there as a player. It was his final game as a player at BYU. And he was one of the guys that hoisted Lavelle up. And it was just a, just an absolutely amazing ending to a game and to a career. Explanation point for Lavelle, certainly that. Number three, let's talk number three, Brandon Gurney. I, I don't know if this is my third one, but I'm going to bring it up because I, I think when you just look at domination and what BYU fans like to remember what the rivalry was, I think what exemplifies that maybe best was the 1996 game where it was just as thorough of a thrashing as I've ever seen against university. Check out these numbers. BYU rushed the ball 63 times in a football game and passed it 12 times. Ronnie Jenkins. Yeah. Ronnie Jenkins and Brian McKenzie were basically able to do whatever they wanted. They had 366 yards rushing. BYU won at 37-17, but it was one of those games that wasn't nearly as close as the score would indicate because BYU basically did whatever they they wanted. And and I could easily argue 96 was probably the best BYU team I've ever seen, uh, talent-wise and all that. They were humming, and I think that was just exemplified. And that was probably kind of the last we saw of BYU really dominating. In fact, I'd say definitely. I, I think it's really evened up since that time. That's a good one. Jeff Call, you're number three. Um, I'm going to go with 2007, the year after uh, Beck to Harleen. We've got Max Hall. Again, we have Max Hall facing fourth and 18. Looks like the game is about over. Uh, fans are starting to file out. It looks really bad for BYU. And then Max Hall rolls out, 
And I think people forget that he played that game with like a grade three separated shoulder, shoulder separation. Right. Yeah, because up that previous week at, in Laramie, he'd hurt the shoulder, and BYU did everything he could to hide that, not talk about it until after the game. And so when you look back at that play and you see him roll out and throw that ball, considering he had that kind of an injury, pretty amazing. He even got that pass off. And then uh, that was where Austin Colley got past uh, Bryce McCain. He did a he, double move. He double went move, turned yep. around and then he went after it. And Bryce McCain, he completely lost him. It was one of the... Yeah. It was one, and Bryce McCain is an outstanding corner. Oh, yeah. Played in the NFL. Played in the NFL. And uh, Colley comes down with that ball and it was, it was just stunning to watch because... You know, who completes a pass on fourth and 18? And uh, BYU ends up scoring and, and held on to win. And that was uh, that clinched Mountain West Conference Championship and a huge one for BYU. Number four. Let's go to our number fours. And Brandon Gurney, you're up. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the. Oh, Jeff! See, Jeff's taking all mine as, <laughs> as usual. I, 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 I gotta go go back and look at this, but uh, I think the Ryan Conishiro game of 1998, where they amazing game, yeah, where snowballs were being thrown and all that silliness and whatnot, and I, I hate pointing out a game where. BYU's getting over because of another kid's failures. That's what's most prominent well, about 20, the game. It was 26 but. to 24, and Utah was ready to win the game with Ryan's field goal, right? Yeah. 26 to 24. What an odd score, but a field, quicker could have won, a field goal kicker could have won it. Mm-hmm. Take us back to the emotion, what you saw happen on the field, and then Ron McBride's reaction on the sideline. Well, well I just remember Ron McBride. He was, he, I mean, he's probably doing some, some silly Ron McBride stuff that he does, some off type stuff and I remember him looking around just like oh <laughs> that's what you remember most because he was just ready to celebrate and then it's like he missed that I, I, I'm i not remembering right now how long the field goal was but it wasn't a long field goal and man just the gamut of emotions and what's amazing when we talk about all this is just how many good games they've been Even, I, I mean we're pointing out BYU's wins uh, Utah has at least that many wins that are that are as dramatic as, as the ones we're talking about oh, that came up with, on BYU's side so just a fantastic rivalry game just the fact that they, I think, won in the series for the first 40 or 50 years. Every game, they won. But Jeff Call, you're number four. Uh, I'm going to go with the last time BYU won this game in 2009. Overtime game. I hated uh, that game. I it was that on my list. Not, I'm, I'm in the minority. I'll, go ahead. But I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I just remember, one of the things I remember about that game, it was, I mean, they're always, like these games are always intense, but that was, that featured so many hard hits. I just remember in big plays, and it wasn't a very high scoring game, but uh, BYU goes into overtime and, and wins on that pass to uh, Andrew George. And uh, there was stuff that happened after that game with Max. So he kind of went on that rant that everyone remembers, but it's, it's still stunning to me that that's the last time that BYU beat Utah. I mean, no one could have told you that that it's would be amazing. the last time for. Is, what is it, nine years? Well, you know, it goes back to my, my theory, and that is when BYU has a passer like Max Hall, they can do extraordinary things when they have somebody like him and John Beck and you go down the line. When they have that, there's a great equalizing effect that can happen in the game. And you go back to the bowl game between University of Utah and BYU uh, back in, uh, what was it, 2015. 15. You have Tanner Magnum go out there, and there were five turnovers, and the score was like 30 to 35, nothing. 35 to nothing. People hadn't even settled in their seats hardly. <laughs> and then it comes back, and BYU has the ball driving with the chance to win that game. And, and, and Tanner had a great game, and he, and he kept throwing and, and getting yards and had a very good UT fence. And, and Utah came with the stop, and the game was over. But that has to go down as one of the more dramatic. And the only bowl 
game between these two teams. But, you know, these games, usually Brandon Gurney come down to the last play or last couple of plays. Not always, but even in recent history with Utah's dominance, they've come down to a couple of plays. They have, and uh, I, I think we've gone over all the, the... The reason I hate that game is because I still... Everyone disagrees with me, but I still don't understand why BYU played for overtime. They had the ball with plenty of time and two timeouts, and they just sat on it and went to overtime. I, I don't understand why you don't... And, and just bothered me, and I, I was just so confused that the whole drama was kind of lost on me because I was just... That was, Jake, that was a Jake Heaps year. Uh, that, that, no, I'm talking about the 2009 game. Well, there was that Jake Heaps. Remember when oh, they yeah. marched down the field on oh, Utah? Yeah. Brandon Bradley, yep. I think, had an interception that was ruled a fumble, oh, yeah. something yep. like that, and then you, BYU had the game. They had 40 seconds left. They, they drove down, and then they just ran out the clock for a field goal, and Utah ended up um, In a block. uh, blocking. Mm-hmm. And, and the game was over, and, and BYU had a chance... With Jake Heaps doing very, very well of maybe going down either getting closer or scoring a touchdown in some way, in some form, and winning the game. And they chose to set on it like the, the, the scene that you just described. Yeah. I, I, so anyway, I, I want to point out my personal favorite for me because it was the first BYU-Utah game I ever attended. And this is back in 1983. And back then, BYU football was everything, right? Uh, Steve Young was quarterback. To this day, Steve Young is my absolute all-time favorite athlete just because it's the first quarterback I saw and all that. I don't think he was any better than in that 1983 game where BYU beat him 55-7. to uh, Look at these stats. He was 22-25 with six touchdown passes. Just, I, I mean, just I, as, as far as just the 80s offense, I don't think it was ever exemplified as much as that 83 year where Steve Young was just picking apart defenses and whatnot. And I'll just always remember that as a kid because yeah, that, that started it all. That, that, uh, that kind of gave me a glimpse into what that game was and it's become a lot better over the years. You know what, gentlemen? Thanks for sharing your top fives, reliving these games. There have been so much drama. There's been such great big plays from big-time players, and these plays will be remembered for all time. This podcast is brought to you by the Salt Lake Stallions. Looking forward to football in February coming this year. For tickets, call 1-833-223-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast. We're going to catch you with another edition of this rivalry in our next edition of this podcast. Thank you.